Today's Leading Women episode 242 with the wonderful Peggy Burdick. Women all over the world, get ready for inspiring and empowering interviews from women at the top of their field who are kicking butt in their business and who are prepared to share shocking revelations from being in the limelight. You are now listening to Today's Leading Women with Marie Grace Berg. Have a WordPress site or thinking of getting one? Bluehost offers unlimited hosting starting at $4.95 per month. Got your WordPress site hosted somewhere? No worries. Bluehost can help you transfer those domains fast and seamlessly easy. Join me and millions of others who trust Bluehost as our main hosting provider. Sign up today at todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash Bluehost. That's www.todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash Bluehost. Yes, women of the world, let's get started. I am delighted to introduce you our amazing guest for today, Peggy Burdick. Peggy Burdick is the founder of The Financial Whisperer, where she helps women sort out what stands in their way of earning more money. On a deeper level, she also helps them understand how to avoid allowing finances to become a battleground in their relationships. Peggy is the author of It's Never About the Money, Even When It Is, where she shares how to untangle your emotions from your money. So women of the world, Miss Peggy Burdick, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on. We are delighted to have you on the show, and I'm sure our listeners are as well. Now, Peggy, I really like what you're doing with your business. You are a success in your own right. You put in the effort, the sweat equity, the knowledge, and the experience to build a special business you call your own. As a result of that, our listeners really want to get to know you, and I want to provide that conduit, you know, that bridge between you and our listeners. So here are some cool questions that we can talk about. Feel free to comment any time about them, but these are just general questions I have in mind. So let's start with your business. You know, there might be people out there who want to start one and have no clue how to go about it. Can you tell us more about your business and the idea behind that niche? Yeah, well, first of all, let me address someone who thinks they want to have their own business. Being an entrepreneur, it's it's being a pioneer. And the pluses of being an entrepreneur are bound, are boundaryless. The challenges of being an entrepreneur, it's a package. So you have to deal with isolation. You have to deal with figuring things out on your own if you don't have a mentor. You have to face your own personal challenges to get past some of the issues. And one of the most important things that I've learned, because I've had four businesses and 22 jobs, one of the things I learned painfully over the years is ask for help. It's amazing how many people out there are willing to help. What stands in people's way, what stood in my way, was shame. I had shame about asking for help. So when I look at other businesses I've owned, and even though they were successful, it's like I learned the hard way. I learned in my own money. They were very expensive learning lessons. And though I come out of it with, with this business going, you know what? I'm asking everybody. And it's amazing how willing people are. Um, my niche really came from my own financial demise. My life fell apart seven years ago. 
I went over my own personal financial cliff and I was in the corner. I had to make a choice. I could either choose to deal with my bad series of bad choices I made and or continue the slide and end up living in someone's converted garage, you know, working at uh, maybe getting a low-paying job. So faced with the challenge, I kind of sucked it up and I charged forward, not knowing at all what I was doing. But as I said, people were willing to help. They gave my friends who gave me great advice. And also, I'd never talked about what was going on in my marriage financially. So they were very shocked when I finally stepped up to the divorce, to the near bankruptcy, and all the stuff that was going on. <laughs> of all of my friends, I'm always the one that people turn to. And I was admitting, you know what? I'm standing on water. Um, so I was able to hire a career coach. She gave me unbelievable advice. But the, the thread of it all was be yourself. So for people who think they have a phenomenal idea, they have a passion about whatever, it's like that is going to carry you in the darkness. That's going to carry you through the challenges you have because there are times you feel like giving up. But if you, if you are in touch with it in your soul of what is magic for you, and it makes sense monetarily. You, know, you don't want to be making ice, you know, ice cubes up in Alaska. It just doesn't work up there. So you have to have advice that makes sense. If it's something you can monetize, then you start on your journey. So for Monowitch, the career counselor was the key. Maybe she gave me permission, that's a key word, permission to look at things that gave my life value to me. I have to place value on it, not someone else. And I love to teach. I discovered it years and years ago when I was nine years old. But I didn't pay attention to it. And she was bringing me back to teaching. It didn't mean I was going to be in academics, but it meant that sharing with other people information and advice is what gave my life value. So that was the kernel. And then it took on these other pieces of it because I had to fight my way back financially. And that journey is what I teach people because as my book says, it's never about the money. My demise looked like it was about money, but it really wasn't. It was about damaged self-esteem. So in tying together all of the emotional pieces that were fragmented, plus the finances, I was able to recover and in fact thrive with this business. But it was, uh, it, and it's painful, but it belongs to me. I earned it. I earned it. That's the most important thing that I get out of it is I did this. My sense of competence is, you know, 100%. We kind of go a little bit off topic here, so I hope you're okay with it. Well, I love what I'm hearing about your business and how it evolved and came into existence. I mean, you share your experiences and I'm sure our listeners were curious to hear that one as well. You also share with us the defining moment that prompted you to start a business, uh, which is, you know, it came from your own financial demise and your own financial yeah. need. So thank you for sharing that. But your business obviously has a vision to be the market leader in your industry and that resonates very well with a particular portion of our listeners. However, they really like to know what was the compelling vision for your business that continues to drive you towards success day in and day out? 
Well, as much as the book says, it's never about the money. It's still never about the money for me. Gratification and success for me is when I see someone's life turn around 360 degrees. They started here, they ended up there. That's the magic for me. When I have clients tell me the changes that have gone on in their lives, because I always speak to them once or twice a year after we're done with all of our sessions to kind of keep track with them. It's just phenomenal, the story, the healing that I hear. That's what my vision is that keeps getting reinvented or reaffirmed all the time. And that's what drives me. I've got, I take, I run a lot of workshops. I have a brand new workshop that's starting next week for women in the military. And these are women that were in Iraq and Afghanistan that come home, they were homeless, uh, and fair amount of sexual abuse. But meeting these women around the dining table two weeks ago and listening to their stories, I know that I can save them. Maybe not all of them, but I can save more than 50% of the women at that table. I can get them back into society. I can get them feeling productive, having jobs that are gratifying. I can do that. I have that skill. So that's what drives me. Wow, to I know hmm. I can do this 100%. No question about it. Wow, to see someone's life turn around 360 degrees. Wow, what a profound and compelling vision that one is. That yeah. was so inspiring. And that's the takeaway here for our listeners to really create a vision for yourself and for your business that inspires you, you know, just like what Peggy just shared with us. What an inspiring vision that one is. So create a vision for yourself. And it doesn't have to be a grand vision. You know, it's you know, your vision is going to evolve with you as you grow and as your business grow. But it's important to start with something. Write something down. What is it that inspires you? What is it that motivates you? Because that's the takeaway here. So thank you for sharing that. Now, let's talk about what happened when you started your journey as entrepreneur. You know, as entrepreneurs, we face daily challenges that define our being. And to get through those challenges takes a very special person. And our audience wants to know that special person here. So what have been your biggest challenges and how have you addressed or overcame those barriers to success that a lot of women entrepreneurs face today? Do you want to know what some of the personal traits? Yes, you can. Yeah, that, that one too. And also the challenges that you've faced. <laughs> the challenges uh, was was being self-promoting. That was a really tough thing for me to do. I could promote you into a basketball, but promote myself, that was really tough because I couldn't separate the boundary between boasting and being uh, and self-assurance. It took me a long time to really get comfortable with that. Because people that brag, you know, it's really it's kind of standing on thin ice. There's nothing there. It's shallow. Um, so that was something that required a lot of doing. Uh, social media has really taken me for a run. And I finally just gave up one day. And I said, you know what? I'm going to hire somebody. Because that's something else that, you, that I learned, is that you don't have to do everything. Find the things that give you pleasure. Find the things you love to do. Identify the things that probably you should do and the things you don't want to do. Hire somebody. Even if you have to get an intern, get it off your plate, delegate it to someone else, learn what it's about, even keep track of them. But you don't have to do everything. And that's an issue that women struggle with. 
because the child, besides being the perfect mother, the perfect wife, the perfect sister, the perfect daughter, now the perfect entrepreneur, as you said in an earlier conversation about balance, I mean, it just doesn't exist. So you have to know and give yourself permission again to up, you know, up, uh, unload some of these things that just you don't enjoy. And they take you four times as long to do, and then some things you don't get them done. Yes. I could never, I could not keep up with the Twitter and the, and the LinkedIn and the Facebook and the Pinterest and all of these seven things that my assistant does. It just wasn't me. So I didn't feel guilty when I finally gave all of it up. In fact, I felt better because I had time to do other things that, that gave me pleasure. Yes, yes, you've touched a, a very important aspect there about learning social media and learning something that you, or delegating those tasks that you are, don't love doing or that you don't yeah. want to do, you know, and or finding people that are good at that, you know, doing only those things that you enjoy, doing those things mm-hmm. that you love doing, playing to your strength, as they say. Mm-hmm. So it's really important yeah. to know that one and find other people to come to compliment you for that other um, exactly. aspects in your business that yeah that you need help with because great that you you uh, share that one with our listeners as well. Now on that note, I'd love for you to share our listeners what are some of your personality traits or your top three personal qualities that help you become a successful entrepreneur that our listeners can learn from. Uh, I've always been really clear about what I did really well. And I was not attached uh, emotionally to anything else that went on in building the business. I wasn't attached to the design of the book. I wasn't attached to the design of the website, even the text on the web, all, all these different elements. I have been very comfortable, and I learned that, um, to not allow that stuff to define who I am because it's not what I love to do. I have other people do it. Um, and the criticism that I used to, self-criticism I used to go through before I let go of it was about my self-esteem, was about a sense of confidence. You should be able to do something. And finally one day it's like, no. So being open to criticism has been a very helpful place to be because even, even the things that I'm 100% comfortable with, occasionally uh, I have two cousins with therapists. And so we have a conversation and they criticize me for something. And they are in my business. They're in my industry of self-help. So when they're criticizing the way I've done something, I'm more comfortable with it because I know what I know and I know what I don't know. That's really important. I, so I can keep that boundary and keep that space for myself. Um, having, learning to ask for help. That took me forever to figure it out. Um, one of my qualities has always been, my whole life, has been very tenacious. If I want to get something done, if I'm going to put the screw in that nut, I am going to work it and work it and figure it out if that's going to be, if that's going to be what I should be doing kind of thing, you know? And I know the difference when you walk away from it, but if I have determined something, for example, if I wanted you to do something, and I knew it was good for you, I would figure a way out to get you to do it. I would not give up. So that quality helps me with my clients because I have a whole range of capacities when people come to me and I have enormous patience. 
I know, as resistant as they are in some categories, I know I will get there with that. Wow. So it's, it's an innate sense of trust that I can create for them to have with me and for them to create within themselves to go into certain areas, for example. So being clear on what uh, you do well, being open to criticism and having that tenacity, you know, the ability not to quit when faced with certain situations. Great personal traits that you've just shared there. And the good news is that we all can learn and cultivate these traits that uh, Peggy just shared with us. So let's learn from that and let's adopt them in our lives. So thank you for sharing that. Now, let's uh, switch gears for a little bit and talk about work-life balance. You know, being a business owner myself, maintaining a work-life balance is so crucial to overall success in life. Now, the challenge with us entrepreneurs is how to click on and click off and create the work-life balance, particularly if you have a family juggling many roles. So in your life as an entrepreneur, how do you maintain this work-life balance and what are some of the ways that you accomplish this in the areas of your health, your family, your relationships, and your business? I, I think I think it's a big misconception. For women, there is no work-life balance. There just isn't. You, someone's going to get someone. Someone's going to get dropped on their head. You take a mother, right? So she's a mother, and let's say she's a wife also, because it's worse if you're a single mother. You get you have no support, and you have a job that's compelling. And you have other family members. It's just, it's just not realistic. So you do the best you can. You see, that's that's what women need to let go of. Is they're doing the best they can, and, it, and but but be genuine about it. And sometimes people use it as a cop out. Oh, I'm doing the best I can. And well, maybe you're not. Some things you have to have. You have to have boundaries. So, for example, especially with mothers, she's got to be able. And I give tons of tips and tools on my website. Uh, a kitchen timer. Because you know, kids, as deserving as they are, they want your attention 24 hours a day. Well, you can't do that. You have to be able to say to your child, I can't do this now with you. Here's the timer. Don't give it to your child. They'll figure out how it works. You hold on to the timer and you say to your child, when the bell goes off, you have 100% of my attention. That's fair. When you start setting those boundaries with children, it makes it a lot easier. And frankly, you do it with your husband. You can do it with your dog. You can do it with everyone in your life. You have to have boundaries to create sanity, and it diminishes the anger. Because when you don't get your needs met, guess what happens? You start to get cranky. Cranky is not a good place to be. And cranky is usually because someone's needs are not getting met. So the, the parent or the person who has the most power in that moment has to be able to be very judicious in how they give out their time. And I know with a lot of married couples, when I see them, they have enormous difficulty in, in creating or sustaining their intimacy, regardless of the nature of it, because they don't know how to sit down for their child. They need permission. So when you start doing that, you have a chance. It's when someone's out of control forever, all of a sudden you turn around and you go by and you go, what do you have? And that's sad, because you, you deserve to be present. You deserve to have joy right now. So for me... I don't have children, so that's easy. Um, and in between marriages, that's easy. So I just really balancing my work and my pleasure. I am very clear about taking at least one day off on the weekend uh, where I turn everything off. And then sometimes I can get a half a day off since I felt. But 
for the most part, um, I tried to say yes to everything because having fun, which is a whole other topic, um, it's really important. Wow, I love your... Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's been a challenge for me is to really give myself permission to have fun, say yes to everything. And um, because time passes too quickly. It's scary how how time goes so fast. And I think when you're younger, you don't appreciate it because you have so much of it. And when you get older, you have less of it. So... Yes, I really love your perspective on this uh, work-life balance. And I agree with you. It's, uh, I often say it's a myth, especially for us entrepreneurs, because we are so passionate about what we're doing that it's no longer work for us. But you are right. I mean, f- taking some time off, I mean, being present in what it is that you are doing at that moment, enjoying what it is that you're doing at that moment. That's one way of, because work-life balance is not going to be perfect. And it really depends on your situation at the moment. So for our listeners out there, whatever your situation is be flexible around it the most important thing is not to neglect those that are important to you and be present mm-hmm. and be and enjoy the moment that what it is that you are doing at that moment because i think that's one of the reasons why we, we tend to multitask and not being able to focus on what it is that we're doing at the moment so thank you for sharing your right. perspective on that right. now let's talk about success and what success mean to you you know your business appears to be financially doing quite well and with that success flows into other areas in the entrepreneur's life now would like to also say that success is a mindset i can have ten dollars in my pocket but my mind feels like a millionaire i feel great about myself and i'm moving forward the opposite way will be a multi-billionaire and be totally miserable so am i successful Financially, yes. Individually, probably not. So in your journey as an entrepreneur, what does success mean to you? And what are some of the benchmarks that you use to measure your success? You know, it's such an interesting question because it gets, it gets there are so many assumptions about it, but most of which I think are incorrect. Um, you can take the word success and you can split it up. There's financial success, there's emotional success, um, there is physical success. For me, the most important thing and the thing that is missing in all of my other businesses and all of my jobs is it was not the emotional connection. So I didn't feel emotionally successful in what I was doing. It was empty. Yeah, I made a lot of money, but it felt shallow. It felt hollow. It's kind of like getting the Academy Award, and the next day, it doesn't, you don't feel anything. It's what I call the give mentality. So when positive and wonderful things happen that you've worked for, that you deserve that Academy Award, but if you inside don't feel it, if you can't hold on to it like a cup, and yet the cup is perforated, well, all that water runs right through it like a sieve. So that's one of the things that I had to learn myself and teach other people. It was, easy, it was easy to take responsibility for stuff that didn't even belong to me, right? But it was really challenging to take, to take uh, the joy of something that I had created. But when my book came out, you know, I was dumbfounded. I'm like, I'm looking at the book from the publisher. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I did this. But I didn't, make, I didn't really feel it. It took me a long time. To let myself go, wow, you accomplished this. You got up every day at 5.30, 
I took all the I remember all the steps I went through to make this thing possible. I didn't quit at all. Never quit. And yet there it was, right in front of him. I couldn't feel it. It wasn't until we came out with the workbook a year later that was full of design and uh, a lot of graphics, which I love, and all of that. Then I actually felt it <laughs> because by then I had matured enough to understand the fit and understand that I could hold on to it and not be punished for it. So um, the financial success is really, it's just enough easy because it's very external. You set, you set certain benchmarks. You know, when you get to this amount, you get to that amount, and then how you're investing it and how you're doing all these things with your money. Okay, that's easy. Well, I think the internal stuff is much more challenging because it's hard to see. You can't, you don't have a measure, uh, a way to measure your inside stuff. I mean, I, I kind of do, but the but the point I'm making is that all of us have successes in many different ways. It, you can be successful in a relationship. I had a, in, everyone knows, I've been a terrible relationship with my brother growing up. Terrible. So much so I didn't speak to him for here. Now my relationship with my brother, I speak to him every single Sunday. And if he doesn't hear from me, he's back, back in New York, he doesn't hear from me by a certain time, he calls me. He says, oh, what's going on? I've heard you. Wow. That, to me, is a successful relationship. If I was able to heal, I was able to reach out to him. Together, we rebuilt our relationship. That's such a miracle. You know? So I think that we need to give ourselves more credit for the things we have been successful with and even with the things we've attempted to be successful with, attempting something has value. You may not have gotten there, but it has value. But people people are really hard on themselves. So um, they need to have more compassion, more self-compassion, I think. Wow, I love your perspective on success. You know, success is about feeling the joy of, of knowing that you've done something, that you've created something that impacts other people, that you've reached out to other people, you maintain those relationships. I mean, being happy and celebrating those small wins, not only those big wins, but also the small wins. And I right. truly agree with you. That's what's really fulfilling is that we know that what we're putting out there, we are happy with. And at the same time, our clients are happy with as well. So love your take on that. Before we get to the highlight of our show, let's thank our sponsor. Podcast your passion. Yes. Did you know you can podcast your passion, make a difference and make money talking about what you love talking about? That's how I get to do what I'm doing. Talking to wonderful women every day here at today's Leading Women. Want to learn how I did it? Go to podcastyourpassion.com. That's www.podcastyourpassion.com. All right, let's talk about one of the highlights of our show, and that's your advice for other entrepreneurs and those aspiring to be. You obviously got some lessons learned under your belt of experience, so take it back to the past. Say you're going to start all over again as an entrepreneur, and you are in a class with other entrepreneurs who are hungry and thirsty for success or even for making that first buck. What types of special suggestions or advice and lessons that you learned would you give your fellow entrepreneurs knowing where you came from and where you're headed at? And if you can boil them down to your top three tips or advice, what would those three be? Well, 
I, it goes back to what I said earlier, is that I was, with the help of a career coach, I was able to identify what gave me pleasure. Then I had to be, as the business started to take off little by little, I had to be clear about the boundaries because what I do is very, very intimate and very tricky and it's very sensitive. So it took me a while to really come to terms with not everybody is my ideal client. That meant saying no to some people. If they wanted to hire me, I didn't want them as clients. So, so I had to learn to say, because they were paying me money. Well, that's nice. And it's wait a second. It doesn't feel okay because I don't feel in my gut, which I can't on 100% of the time, that I can be successful with this person. It's really easy to take their money. It's really easy to go through the motions for you know, six months with what I do. But you know what? It wouldn't feel clean to me. It wouldn't feel right to me. And they're not gonna they're not gonna learn from it. So to be able to have those boundaries and to walk away from that uh, was a really important lesson I learned. And I and it leads into even the when I'm having sessions with people, I am so trigger hair on the moment every single second I'm with that person because part of my job is to lead. You know, kind of put the light on in the room ahead of them and lead them into that room. That's my responsibility. That's my commitment is for them to heal. So when the moment is not working for me, let's say my mind drifts because they're telling me a story that I've heard 38 times, I think, no, my mind is like, wait a second. <laughs> and I stop them. I go, can't do this. We have to go back to the basics. We have to do this, this, and this. So I'm very directive and clear when I'm with somebody, because they have to get out as much of the experience, out of the experience as I do. Because I'm in there, in the trenches with them, kind of like you know, taking barrels of water, I mean, you know, buckets of water out of, out of the ship. We're doing it together. It's a partnership. If it's not working for me, I work for that. But I know that. They don't know that. So, again, it goes back to being really clear about what I can do with someone, what I can't do with somebody. So let's say someone, I met this gal several weeks ago, and she started this really interesting business here in Los Angeles, um, rental wedding gown. So, and they've been around for ages, right? But she did, a new, she did it with a different twist, and she was so passionate and clear about what her vision was, and she was able to get back in court, whatever. She told this great story at this networking event. And the key is to find the thing that you can connect with. Because there's a gazillion businesses, there are opportunities out there. You've got to find what fits you. And because you're going to be married for a long time. And if, you know, try to hold different things until you get the right thing. Be open to experimenting. Not everything is perfect in the beginning. It's not supposed to be because it robs you of your journey of learning about yourself. It robs you of your creative energy, which is critical to your sense of confidence. Those are key pieces when you're an entrepreneur or, or just enjoying your own life. 
Wow, great uh, tips on what you've just shared. And I echo what you said, especially about, uh, you know, being clear with your boundaries. And, uh, you know, especially when starting out, I'm sure a lot of our listeners can relate to this. You know, sometimes we just accept pay, uh, clients there, whether that be idea, our ideal clients or not. But it's really important to set boundaries. And who do you want to work with? Who are yeah. the, the yeah. kind of clients that best benefit uh, both ways? It has to be two ways. It has to be both yeah. ways. So I love that you've uh, you've shared that one, and I'm sure we can all um, learn from what you've just shared. So thank you for sharing that. Now, what's one favorite business resource? Well, or you know, I, just, you know, I, just, I just want to add one thing to that. Absolutely. You, yeah, yeah. Here, here's an interesting piece of that: is that when you operate as integrity and you're clear what the experience needs to feel like for yourself, and know what it feels like for your clients, then working with that person becomes an act of love. It becomes an act of wholeness with the other person. And that is one of the greatest gifts we can give anybody. And it doesn't matter whether you're in the printing business, whether you're in the computer business, whether you're in the coaching business. It doesn't matter the industry. What matters is that you are working from the heart. And not to say that you're not being a good business person, but you're being with that other person solving their problem, answering their needs, in a way that they walk away feeling complete and whole. Even if you disagree about something and come to a compromise, at the end of the day, we are people. We are social animals. We need each other. And I think part of our responsibility is to keep other people intact and vice versa. Their responsibility is to keep us intact. And we do it by being, being honest, keeping our integrity being clear about the boundaries and depersonalizing a lot of stuff that people tend to kind of fall into, which gets them into a big mess. But really, it's, it's, it's coming from a place of love when you deal with your client really, really makes you feel better. Wow, that was like really profound. I mean, work from the heart, work from the place of love and, you know, aligning the, your, your clients' values with your, the values you have with your clients. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now, I'd love for you to share our listeners what's one big benefit that they can get with your product or your service and where they can get it. And I would love for you to touch a little bit more about your book. Um, it's never about oh. the money, even when it is, and where our our listeners can get it. Well, uh, we are in this big rebranding facelift for my website. So we're about two weeks away from launching a new website. The old website, if you go to it, it's just um, www.thefinancialwhisperer.com. The the is very important. If you get onto my site, I keep the book away for free. Uh, So they just have to sign up for the newsletter, and then we get an auto-response, and we will send out the book, a PDF form of it. Um, I run, uh, people engage me for either one-on-one sessions, small workshops. We usually have them with four people virtually, so I can do them all over the country. Um, and they're always available for an hour free for anybody that needs some feedback, perspective, sorting out whatever for me. Because again, if I can change someone's moment and give someone perspective on something they're struggling with, I'm giving them power. Everything in life comes down to control. Who has it? Who needs it? How do you get it? You better have it, because if you don't, 
someone does or some fear has it or shame has it, something within you has it, and you're not being 100% authentic. You've got to always come back to your own home about being in control, being then accountable, responsible for your behavior, and having ownership. That's a key piece in being an entrepreneur or being happy is you have ownership of who you are in that moment. And that's, that's definitely something people must to work towards. Yes. And so that's thefinancialwhisperer.com. And I highly mm-hmm. recommend you, our listeners, to pick up her book. It's never about the money, even when it is. And it's a digital download that you can get from her website. It's free. I have it. I've been soaking it and lots of golden nuggets there on the book. So I highly recommend that you pick up that book. It's never about the money, even when it is. And you can get that one at thefinancialwhisperer.com. And by the way, for our listeners out there, all of these resources and the links that are mentioned in today's podcast will be made available in a beautiful infographic show notes at todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash Peggy Burdick or just type in her name on the search bar and it will find it for you. But again, that link is thefinancialwhisperer.com. Peggy, thank you so much for being so generous in sharing your time and your inspiring story, your expertise, for being a role model to many, and for bringing such a positive energy with our listeners today. Women of the world, including me, appreciate you and wish you more success in business and in your life. Thank you, honey. This has been really lovely. You've got, uh, you're a great hostess. You ask great questions, and uh, you're really helping your listeners grow which is the most important thing. All right, TLW listeners, did you love this episode? Here's your chance to recommend or vote for your favorite today's leading woman. Here's how to do it. Step number one, after you listen to this episode, go to todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash my iTunes. Step number two, click the rate and review button. Step number three, say that you love listening to today's Leading Women podcast. Step number four, type in the name of your favorite today's leading woman. Example, Sheryl Sandberg of Facebook, Ariana Huffington of Huffington Post, Oprah of Oprah Winfrey Network. You get it, right? Step number five, type your first name and where you are listening from. Every day, I will personally go through all of your ratings and reviews and scour the names of your favorite today's leading women. You will get to be featured as TLW Fan of the Day with your name and where you're listening from. And you'll be the first one to get notified when your favorite today's leading woman is featured on the show. Fair enough? Awesome. Go to todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash my iTunes. That's www.todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash my iTunes. Feeling inspired and empowered to make it happen? Then take the next step and go get your free guide to the top 10 resources that today's leading women use to stay at the top of their game, plus Marie's favorite today. Visit todaysleadingwomen.com slash guide for your free download, and we'll see you on the next episode of Today's Leading Women with Marie Grace Berg. Oh, 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 oh